Welcome to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Your host is Ellen Etoff, the soulful sex coach. Our program will take you beyond the sex you've been experiencing and open up a whole new world of intimacy. You've got a lot to learn today, so let's get started. Here is Ellen Etoff. Are you ready for an ecstatic love life? I am. Now, the Ecstatica show is all about the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Ecstasy can permeate your life beyond your intimate relationship and sex life. But in addition, living an ecstatic life is one of the most powerful things you can do to attract a partner or stimulate your current partner to fall in love with you all over again. So how do you open to an ecstatic love life? Well, my guest today is Dr. Judith Orloff. She's a groundbreaking psychiatrist, intuitive healer, and the New York Times bestselling author of Emotional Freedom. And she's about to release her new book, The Ecstasy of Surrender. And she's going to address this question on the show. And I managed to get an advanced copy of her book, The Ecstasy of Surrender. And I was delighted to discover that um, she devoted a considerable portion of her book to sexuality and sexual energy. So in a couple minutes, we're going to delve into a lot of juicy dynamics and dimensions of sexual ecstasy, surrendering to ecstasy, igniting your sexual power, and so forth. And now before I introduce Dr. Orloff, I'd like to mention a couple of things. First, if you're listening to the show live and would like to ask her a question or offer a comment or a little tidbit about your own experience of ecstasy of the ecstasy of surrender, you can do so in two ways. You can call 1-866-472-5795. That's 866 866- 472-5795, toll-free from the U.S., or you can send me an email uh, that I checked during the show, and that's radioshow at ecstatica.com. Again, that's radioshow, one word, at e-x-t-a-t-i-c-a.com, and this address is used for just the live shows. Also, the replays of this show and all the Ecstatica radio shows are available streaming online or as MP3 downloads that you can take with you at ecstatica.com slash show. That's S-H-O-W. And I have a gift for my listeners. It's an hour-long audio and ebook called Beyond Orgasm, How to Have a More Deeply Connected Sexual Experience. And you can find that guess where? At ecstatica.com on the homepage. Or if you like to make it easy, you could go to beyondorgasm.com and get to the same place. And one last thing, um, as many of my listeners know, I work with various energetic technologies. And one of these is um, music. I produce special music for lovemaking infused with auditory pheromones. And it's called Love Unbound. It contains 74 layers of resonant frequencies. And people who play this music in the background while making love report a lot of benefits like enhanced libido and arousal rates, deeper intimacy, easier orgasms and often multiple orgasms for women for the first time, release of cultural or religious inhibitions, which leads to greater spontaneity, um, easier communication about sexual needs and desires, and a sense of spiritual union. So, to learn more about that, you can just go to getabettersexlife.com. 
So now I'd like to introduce my guest, Judith Orloff, MD. She's been transforming the face of psychiatry and asserts that we are keepers of an innate intuitive intelligence so perceptive that it can tell us how to heal and prevent illness. Yet intuition and spirituality are the very aspects of our wisdom usually disenfranchised from traditional health care. Dr. Orloff advocates a democracy of healing, as she calls it, wherein every aspect of our being is granted a vote in the search for total health. It's our birthright, both as healthcare givers and healthcare recipients, to claim our intuition to build energy and well being. And in response to her work, the Los Angeles Times calls Dr. Orloff a prominent energy based healer. And Dr. Judith Orloff is accomplishing for psychiatry what physicians like Dr. Dean Ornish and uh, Dr. Oz have done for mainstream medicine. She's proving that the links between physical, emotional, and spiritual health can't be ignored. And a couple of uh, fun tidbits here are that uh, Judith Orloff was voted the most inspirational person for the Reader's Choice 2012 Awards, uh, awards that is, on a .com, and that's a New York Times site. And the Sunday Times style section in uh, London calls Dr. Orloff the positive energy guru. So, with that, I'd like to welcome you, Dr. Judith Orloff. Oh, thank you. I'm ecstatically excited about being on your show. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I am so excited to have you here. And just so um, you all know, her book isn't being released for a couple of days yet, but... um, I was so excited when I saw your email I'm on your newsletter um, subscription list. And and by the way, just so people, I'll tell you later, but just to remind them, people can find you at judithorloff.com. That's J-U-D-I-T-H-O-R-L-O-F-F, like Frank Frank. Is that correct? Yes. Dot com. So um, when I saw the title of your new book, I just went berserk. Went, yay, yay, yay. So... Let's start by defining your terms so that we can all get on the same page. So, what is your definition of ecstasy? Um, ecstasy is when your total body energies converge with the divine. And Perfect. You, you feel an ecstatic connection. Wonderful. And some people actually live this way on a day-to-day basis, and maybe you do. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, more and more I try to. That's why I wrote this book, because I tend to be a bit of a control freak, and I wanted to let go of some <laughs> of my rigidity and, and some of my, you know, controlling nature, and wanted to flow more with my sensuality, my sexuality, the universe, nature, I, I just need that. I, you know, I long for that in my being. And so I wrote a book. You know, it took me four years to write The Ecstasy of Surrender because I wanted to live that and get closer and closer to it because I long for that ecstasy. And I could find it more in the everyday beauty of life, the, the, the minutia, the, the little smiles and the birds and the flowers and the, your partner's touch just for a second, the glint of an eye. You know, and through sexual experience. I love that you said that because um, a lot of people think of ecstasy as this like fireworks, explosive, um, momentary experience. And yet, on an everyday basis, it can be what you've just described and kind of a more of a, 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 mid, a centering state or a mid state of bliss, so to speak, kind of pervading your entire 
um, experience of life. Yes, that, that's true. And then you bring that ecstasy to a lover. It's not like you just go to the lover and expect him or her to ignite it in you. That's that's not, I, I'm not supporting that. I mean, I know that's what most people do. But you want to bring your body into an ecstatic state every day. And then, Absolutely. if and when you're with a lover, you're vibrating already. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um. And then what is your definition of surrender? And I ask because a lot of people find that word pretty terrifying because it's also a word that's used for like surrendering to an enemy in battle or surrendering to another person's will. So how do you use the term surrender? Um, Yes, and what I'm finding is so far, you know, the majority of people who have bought my book are women. And, you know, I had to ask myself, why is that? I, I didn't even think about that. You know, when I was writing it, because it seems so applicable to, you know, everybody. And I think it may be a little harder for men to surrender than it is for women. It's a little scarier to surrender. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, you know, define my terms here so it's not so scary for the men listening. The more surrendered you are, the more your woman is going to dig you. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, much better to be surrendered than rigid and hard and controlling and, and holding back your energy. But surrender means just letting go to the flow of life, to the flow of your body, to the flow of, yes, your emotions, you know, even men to get in touch with their emotions, um, and just the flow of the energies of life, the divinity of life that flows through you, um, through all the different chakras in your body, whether it be the heart chakra, which is the center for unconditional love, or the sexual chakra, or the emotional chakra, to just not block the flow. That's my definition of surrender and to remove any barriers that keep you from love. Mm, Anything. That, that, that's the work, the ongoing work. Yes. So that both men and women can feel a connection to themselves, the ecstatic connection to themselves and to their lover or lovers. Absolutely. So, as you were just describing, you said that you always try to write about something you most want to learn, what you want to discover. And you said you wanted to learn about letting go, surrendering. So that explains how you came to write this particular, on this particular subject. But how do you approach the writing of a book when you're yet to discover what the contents will be, when you haven't yet discovered how to let go? How do you go about that? Because, of course, we all want to know how to do what you've accomplished, and that is letting go more and more. Yeah, so that's how I always write. I, I, it's boring to me to write about something I, I know or I feel like I, you know, I've already explored. It's not how I want to spend my time. I want to spend my time learning. I mean, I trust the universe, and I, I have a certain amount of knowledge as a physician. I have 14 years of medical training. I've been working with patients for 20 years. I, you know, I have a lot of good psychotherapeutic knowledge um, to apply, and I, and I, of course, for many years, been wanting to surrender. But I wanted to go now more deeply, and I have absolute trust because I've written, this is my fifth book, and I, I trust the process of my writing because I always write what I want to learn. You know, that's just what my interest is. Otherwise, I don't want to spend the time doing it. You know, I'd rather do something else. I, I'm a learner. I'm, I love learning. And right. I, and I wanted to learn about this, so I have trust that as I write, it's just an amazing process. Things unfold. Like, can I, can I give you an example of that? Please do. All right, in terms of my own sexual surrender, as I was writing this book, a boyfriend of mine who I was just wildly attracted to dumped me in the most horrible way, like by email. Ah. Um, it was just very, very, very painful for me. 
And so I went through a couple of months of pain, and I, I just wanted to change my relationship patterns of not being attracted to unavailable men, and I just so wanted it, and it required a surrender I hadn't made yet in my life. And so I had a, a light bulb go on to contact a tantric teacher, you know, like tantric male teachers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I went that route, and I had two in the beginning, and I learned, you know, the, the positive modeling through tantric tantric disciplines or tantric spirituality, which really helped me with my surrender. And I ended up falling in love with one of them who I've been with, you know, for, you know, quite a while now. So cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's been quite an adventure for me. But Following that, your heart that sounds like it's working out my for surrender. you. I mean, I was so sick of talking about relationships and psychotherapy, I couldn't even bear it anymore. <laughs> you know, so I wanted to surrender it more deeply. And as part of my writing, the sexuality chapter, this is what comes up for me. Like, when I write, life offers me, you know, real-life examples of how I can surrender more very painful patterns of being attracted to unavailable men. I've had it for a really long time, and I've never quite known how to let go of it. And now, I mean, knock on wood, I think I have. <laughs> I well, then, then since you have figured this out, now I think one of the most common fears is letting go of a false sense of control or trying to be in control. Basically, I guess it's the fear of being out of control, so how do we get over this fear of being out of control and actually let go? Or another way to put it is, what does it take to let go and to surrender in the face of life's uncertainty? So since you've learned this, can you tell us? I, uh, first of all, I, ha- I can never say I'm a master of this. I am in the process <laughs> of learning this. <laughs> so, you know, okay. I just try and, try and get a little better. But you do it in the beginning if you're terrified of it. And, and surrendering really feels scary to you and out of control, just do it little bit by little bit. You know, try with drinking a glass of water and just surrendering to the sensations of that water as it goes into your body, the beautiful sacredness of water, and just spend time with that. You know, stay with safer things. You know, if you like having orgasms and, and having sex, surrender more to your orgasms. You know, really let go. I mean, orgasm is one of those things you have to surrender to. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Correct. So, or, you know, laughter. Let yourself go, you know, with laughter. Don't hold your laughter back. Or in meditation. Because there's nothing that feels, uh, there's almost nothing, not quite, but almost nothing that feels better than a good belly laugh. (laughs) I know, or giggling, like giggle, like Barbara Carella says, giggleasms. Mm. You know, just loud giggling until you just, you know, can't even breathe. It's, you know, it's just, <laughs> just, but let yourself go. A lot of, most people stop themselves. You know, True. There's yeah. no reason. Life is so short. Don't stop yourself, you know, from any of these things. It's your own personal enjoyment, I think, that people hold back on. And for those afraid, you know, just go really slow. You know, just test the waters out. Try something, you know, and for men, ugh, now, I, I want to get this point across to men that when you have a lover from a woman's standpoint, when a man is more surrendered into the lovemaking experience rather than withholding and just only giving a little, it is so much better for the woman. And Indeed. women appreciate a surrendered man. I, I don't, do you agree? Absolutely. Um, And it's interesting because I I think a lot of women, even if they seem very powerful and in control in the business world or the work environment, they 
often do want somebody else to sort of direct the show in the bedroom, but that's different than being in control. Directing doesn't mean you're not surrendering. I think that's a it's a tricky distinction to make, yeah. but you can yeah. direct and still be in the flow of the moment and in the flow of your own emotions, in the flow of, of perceiving um, your partner's needs and your own needs and how to um, respond to those needs and respond to your own um, internal urges. Yes. And still kind of direct the show. If that Does that make sense? Um, yes, but a lot of times, you know, with women or men, you know, who are used to directing the show in their lives, it's quite a relief to let go of that control. And the extreme of that, as a friend of mine is a sex therapist, that a lot of the, or number of the CEOs that she sees, you know, go to dominatrixes so that they can be controlled. Yes, I'm familiar with that. That yeah. they get off with the, the, you know, being controlled. And so, you know, you could bring that into your own sex life through sex play. I mean, you can control your partner if you want, if that's what they want, you know, and you could play with it. You know, just a fun play. Yeah, and you could take turns if you want. But the bottom line is, I agree with what you're saying, which is a person who is surrendered to the moment, to the experience, and not trying to figure it all out or go by some routine or, you know, is, is definitely uh, thrilling for a woman <laughs> to it's be thrilling. with. thrilling. I think men need to know that it is so, such a turn-on, and it is so thrilling if you can let go a little bit and certainly leave the office behind. Absolutely. So um, it's time for us to take a short break. You're listening to Ecstatica, and this is Ellen Etoff with my guest, Dr. Judith Orloff. When we come back, I'm going to ask her about true sexual power and how we can surrender to that. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure, and free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. Health is in your hands. What you do and what you don't do sets the course for the path of your life. Listen for wise chats, simple talk, profound wisdom with Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Through this series, we'll explore energetic approaches to health and healing that provide practical and personal solutions. Our guests will share ideas and insights that will help us all adopt new behaviors and create lasting internal shifts. 
Wise Chats can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ellen Etoff with Dr. Judith Orloff, author of the New York Times bestselling book, Emotional Freedom, and her newest book, The Ecstasy of Surrender. Now, we are going to get to true sexual power, but during the break, we were just talking about... um, you know, what she's learned, a great technique she's learned from her tantric uh, lovers, and um, we have a couple stories about surrendering to nature. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us about what we discussed on the break, Judith? Yes, well, in terms of tantra, you know, what's so beautiful about it is the worshiping of feminine energy, and mm-hmm. to have, you know, it's very different than typically American men, but, Ameri- you know, Western men can learn this and must learn this, you know, in order to really tap into the divine feminine and honor it so that when you're making love or when you're even just walking around, honoring the feminine energy, the goddess within. Now, in terms of my relationship that I'm in with the the tantric teacher that I was with, you know, sometimes, you know, he worships the feminine, it's very different. He truly values being in service to the feminine. And, you know, just through the gaze, you know, when, when we make love, his eyes are looking at me. You know, he's like watches me all the time. And his eyes are on me. They aren't darting around. They're not closed. They're just steady and clear and surrendered and on me. And I think a- this is really important, and I do believe that the, as Plato said, the eyes are the gateway to the soul, and eye contact, I think, is a very powerful way to connect with your partner, sort of beyond the everyday personality level. It's where you start to enter that portal of of the divine masculine, divine feminine, the oneness where... Ultimately, I mean, you know, you can ultimately experience sort of like the divine making love through you rather than him and her, me worshiping you or you worshiping, you know, me worshiping you. It's really much bigger than that. And that's what becomes so ecstatic. And that's where the letting go is. You're letting go to what happens. It's almost archetypal and yet very physical and very pleasurable and very, um, and the energy can flow in such a powerful way as you let yourself open to that. Yes, the eyes are a way to connect, and it's called the gaze, and it's not a personal gaze, it's not a stare, it's just a a powerful way to exchange energies, as you put it. Yeah, it's like a soft focus, almost like unfocused eyes. I remember in the beginning of our lovemaking, he would say, look at me, you know, I want to have an orgasm now, I want to do it with your eyes looking and with our eyes connected. Yeah, talk to people about trying to do that because it's a very powerful thing. It's not easy because we tend to go internal during orgasm, but it's a very open um, 
powerful, vulnerable space. Right, but it, the surrender aspect can be scary to some people, and I want to address that. And it was and it is scary for me at times because I'm not used to that depth of intimacy. And whatever traumas you've had in the past or whatever hurts you've had in the past might come up. You know, what does it mean to surrender to somebody as fully as you can? Are you risking your heart? Are you going to be hurt? You know, and all the old uh, wounds will come up also. So that's part of the healing process. You know, with surrendering, it's not just an open channel. You don't just surrender. Most people, you've got to kind of deal with what's coming up for you is in the healing. As Tantra is about healing more than it is about sex. Oh, yes. Yeah. So sexuality is just a vehicle for healing. And back to what you said about taking baby steps. And this is, you know, you, you probably would be in, in line with this, but I'd like to know. Um, I always recommend to people that if they're not used to having eye contact during lovemaking, they might want to try in a non-sexual situation when they have their clothes on. Just spending, you know, 30 seconds or so gazing into each other's eyes softly and then possibly sharing how that felt. And then as they become more comfortable, a little more time at that. And then possibly on and off with a little eye gazing during lovemaking. And it's it's really a very slow um, process to work up toward that eyes open orgasm. Yeah, I like that in terms of the slowness and the baby steps of surrender in whatever. If you're dealing with sexuality or surrendering to success, you know, or surrendering to an illness or aging or whatever you're going, whatever you would like to apply surrender to. In my book, I talk about all kinds of applications for surrender. Yes, and surrendering to aging. I think that people should get the book and look at that. I've, I know a lot of people that listen to this show are, you know, are, are not children anymore, <laughs> not in their 20s. And I think the whole idea of surrendering to aging and surrendering to our own aging, our parents' aging, if they're still living, um, something I'm going through right now, you know, with um, my mother. And um, that's a beautiful component to address. Um, you mentioned, though, back to Tantra, you mentioned um, the idea of on your knees with your, par- your partner being on their knees. Oh, yes. It's a beautiful, it's like a tantric thing where and I, you just do it spontaneously. I sometimes just fall to my knees in front of my partner and, and bow in front of him and hold his, you know, hold his ankles. And he just stands mm. there and looks at me. But it's a way of, of re- revering him. And he, at times, does that with me as well, and it's spontaneous. And it's just a beautiful, spontaneous expression of revering the other. Beautiful. And that is the key, the spontaneity of it, rather than as a prescription. No prescription. You don't want to plan it. Take the magic out of it. (laughs) But, you know, I do want... uh, Somebody did write in before the show um, when she heard about this one coming up, and she said... um, This is from Caroline X, and she says she lives in the UK. So she says, Dear Judith, when I've been with my partner and we've been making love for three to five times, I feel like it's complete surrender. I become telepathic for anything up to 20 seconds, and I feel like I'm cocooned in love. It feels very real, as in physical. And my partner hears me and knows what I say. And then in parents, she says, completely freaks him out, (laughs) teehee. Any comment, please, as I don't understand what's happening. Um, Yes, I once wrote a book uh, proposal called Psychic Sex, which got rejected horribly, embarrassingly all over. (laughs) Try it again. Things have changed, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But (laughs) but what happens during sex is that if you really blend and surrender, you you can become telepathic with each other. 
and you certainly have your energy fields blend. And so you can pick up what's going on in the other person, their thoughts, their physical feelings, their dreams, whatever. Mm. And so that's why in the book I have a section on there's no such thing as casual sex. Because if you're open to your lover and you're open intuitively, you're going to be picking up their energy. And you're going to be picking up, you know, maybe their thoughts, their emotions. And it might not be exactly what you want in your own body. Because when you're making love, you're very open energetically and vulnerable. So it's really good to be discriminating about the energy of your partner to make sure you're compatible with it. Mm-hmm. Very good consideration, yeah. So yeah, because you don't want to pick up toxic energy in your body from somebody else. You know, when you're lovemaking, you're more susceptible to that. Good point, good point. So um, how do you define true sexual power, and how does surrender enable us to manifest that? Well, true sexual power is beyond mechanical skill. You know, it's beyond just having an orgasm mechanically. I mean, to me, it's about blending body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's always about spirit being with you whenever you touch your lover, whenever you're making love, that God is always with you or whatever you want to call it. If you don't like that word, you know, whatever, the divine is always with you, you know, when you're making love. And, and you know, my, my partner in the beginning, you know, he'd say, I, I'd look at him and i go, you're so beautiful. And he goes, I've, it's all done with mirrors. Yes. And it's true. We were mirrors for one another. So if you can see the divine in your partner when you're making love and always, that's really a good thing. That doesn't mean that they can't be annoying and imperfect and not pick up their clothes or whatever else they, you know, they do because all humans can be annoying and you just work with that. But just in, you know, overall, you know, to see the divinity and appreciation of your of your lover, that you have one. And let's say you don't have a lover. Let's say you haven't been with one in a really long time. You can still connect to yourself and to nature. You know, we were talking in terms of true sexual power. It's not just about having a partner, because I know so many, you know, of my women friends, you know, haven't really had sex for a long time. They haven't had partners. They go on Match.com. They can't meet anyone. They don't connect. So long, many years go by, you know, without you know, having a really good sexual connection, you see. But, you know, even in those cases, and I I think it's more common than you might think. Oh, it's very common. Yeah, very common that you could connect to nature and have orgasms with nature or an ecstatic connection to nature. I I had this one experience, and your, your partner had an experience as well, but I was in Kauai and I was about to enter into a period of silence and fasting in a, a spirituality conference, and I walked down to the shore, and I put my hand on the tree trunk, and suddenly this ecstatic, erotic energy started coming through my hand from the tree. And my mind, you know, I said to my mind, don't think about this, you know, don't analyze this, and, and <laughs> you know, it would, it would kill it. So it I, and so all this ecstatic energy came through my body and I experienced a total body orgasm from the tree. Wow. Mind-blowing, but I'll never forget it. So that's what you're saying is more common than we realize is the orgasmic response with nature? 
Um, well, no, actually, I was saying it's more common than we realize that a lot of people aren't having sex. Oh, yeah, okay. So we were on the same page with that. So, yeah. And this wonderful experience you had, um, I will mention the one that my partner has shared with me because it's been so such a potent memory for him, and that is when he was a child, his family used to um, go to this cabin, this family cabin by a lake in um, Michigan. Um, for a month or two every summer. And he remembers one year when he was eight years old, they got to the cabin and there was a little footbridge that led across a creek that fed into the lake. And he remembers when they got there running free, running across the footbridge. And while he was on the footbridge, he said he had like this, he was eight years old now. He had what he remembers as a, like a full body orgasm Mm -hmm. with, with nature. It was like everything just fully came through him in this kind of response, which was, of course, the ecstasy of surrender, what you're talking about in both of these cases. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And for those who, this sounds like a very far out experience, just take it very slow. You walk down to a body of water and slow everything down and sensually feel that body of water or the flowers or the sunlight. What stops people from experiencing this is that they're going too fast, that they're in their heads Mm. and they're going too fast. Mm -hmm. So if you can slow down your body and slow down your mind and just spend time, just you and nature, no other people, and begin to feel the flowers, you know, begin to feel, feel is the operative word here, not think. You want to feel the energy in your body. You don't want to just admire them. But if you can feel the energy of the flowers or the grass or, you know, whatever, and feel it in your body, then you could begin to tap the ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So let's say somebody is um, not available. Right, right now they're listening to this and they're living in a city and they don't really have an opportunity to get out in nature in the near future. So what can they do at home on their own to start to um, get in touch with their own sexual power? Breathe. Oh, we forget. Yes, we forget to do that. (laughs) Just to get off your computer, shut it down, make a sacred space at home with a beautiful pillow to sit on and some candles and flowers. Sit, wear comfortable clothes that are soft and sensual. Light your candle. Close your eyes, which is such a sensual thing to do, closing the eyes. And just feel your body. Just feel it, and you could rub your fingers and touch your body, your fingers, your arms, your stomach, your genitals, wherever. Just touch it yourself, not another person, but you touch yourself, and just awaken your own sense of uh, sensuality. You can start tonight. Even I don't care how busy your day was or how frustrating it was. You can make the shift, and that, that's what I'm saying, the importance of quick shifts, of surrendering stress and going into, let's say, a more ecstatic way of being you can do that just by that simple meditation exercise and you know what i like about that is you could actually if you wanted to you could set a timer every few hours during the day to give yourself a little um break to spend two minutes closing your eyes breathing and going inside to get in touch with this and beginning to build that that sort of um habit or pattern in yourself in your physiology for getting in touch with your sexuality and your um, and that connection 
Yes, it will your numbness. If you feel any numbness, you know, in your genitals or numbness, mm-hmm. you know, in life. The numbness usually comes from your head, from being in your head. But when you can slowly drop more into your body, and I mean slowly, and slow everything down, like 50% at least, then you could begin to feel again. And it's through the sense of feeling that the, the ecstasy comes. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a real good beginning to surrendering to what you say is the divinity of your body and your sexuality. Um, how do we keep from obsessing about what we don't think is perfect about our bodies? Right. Well, you know, you all, <laughs> there's this thing of going to a yoga class and you're in a class where you want to, you know, really open up spiritually and, and physically, and then all you're doing is looking at the the woman next to your body, you know, her perfect yoga body. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, that's natural. Yeah, get over it, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, get over it, but it, it happens, and it's natural, and, you know, if women, I'm sure men do it too, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you just own it, you know, don't be ashamed of it. But then, you know, just laugh at yourself and go, okay, you know, she's beautiful. You know, this woman is beautiful. But come back to yourself and focus on your own body and your own beauty and getting it to a place where you enjoy it and doing whatever you need to do in yoga, in working out, in diet, in meditation, to really getting comfortable in your own skin. I mean, to me, in a way, sexual energy is independent of body type. It's how you carry that energy. I mean, sexy, there's sexy, oversized women who are just like way sexier than the skinny blondes in yoga who, you know, are not exuding much sexuality. I'm just saying a type. I'm not saying all of them. <laughs> but we all have, we, we can all think, everybody on this call can think of examples of people who are overweight or who are old um, in years who exude this dynamic sexual energy. Oh, yeah. And I think those yeah, are the people we should remember bound, you know? when we start to question our own, um, you know, sexiness. I think we need to remember them rather than the Barbie doll, um, you know, stereotype. Yeah, because I really judge sexuality by the energy somebody gives off. Because a lot, you know, if you're a Barbie doll with a certain look, it doesn't mean you're going to be giving off luscious, juicy sexual energy. Right. And that's the energy that people actually respond to. Is yeah. that, that sexy energy. So um, we're going to take our last break, and then we'll come back to dive deeper here. This is Ellen Etoff with Judith Orloff, MD, discussing the ecstasy of surrender. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. 
How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure, and free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Ellen Etoff here with Dr. Judith Orloff, and we're exploring how you can open to surrender for more ecstasy in your life. And just so you know, um, Judith's website is judithorloff.com. That's O-R-L-O-F-F, like frankfrank.com. And she's got a couple of uh, events coming up. Well, she's got a whole book tour coming up. So on her website, you can find out where she's going to be all over the country, or at least what's known at this time. And if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, she's got two events coming up here. One is at... Uh, the Book Passage Bookstore in Corte Madera in Marin County. And... Um, that's at bookpassage.com. Excuse me, that's on um, Monday, April 21st at 7 p.m. And then also on Wednesday, April 23rd, she'll be in the Mountain View um, location of the East West Bookshop. And since the details are kind of numerous, if you want to go to um, my website, we'll just post all the details with the phone numbers and the links and everything on my website. Just go to ecstatica dot com slash show that's e x t as in tom a t i c a slash s h o w and you go to the page specifically for dr judith orloff's show today on the ecstasy of surrender um, under her picture and her bio we'll put the the links to those events and her website so you'll be able to find her it'll also be in the show transcripts if you'd like to download those so I wanted to get that out of the way in case we run out of time at the end of the show. So um, let's talk about, um, you know, what either makes a good lover or stops us from being good lovers and igniting our sexual power. What's, what's the hitch? What gets in our way? Yes, well, I, I think one thing is, you know, if we could talk about the power of emotional surrender. Yes. And how that, that can make us good lovers. And holding back emotions is not a good thing because it doesn't promote passion. It just means you're uh, squelching energy. And yes, because passion itself is emotional. That's emotion is passion. Yeah, and, and also, you know, women are very emotional creatures. You know, women are very emotional. It's their nature. It's the nature of the feminine. And the feminine also in, in men is, is emotional. 
And, and so during sex, you know, women and men might cry or laugh, you know, or make noises or whatever, you know, to release. You know, there's an emotional release that happens. And, you know, as, as we were talking on the break, you know, I also, I get a lot of, you know, men in my practice to say, oh, my wife started crying, making love. Did I do anything wrong? And yes, they write to me too, say that. And they go, she says it's nothing, but I don't believe her. I'm afraid something's wrong, but I don't know what to do about it. So what do you exactly. say to that? Exactly, but from the male point of view, to do about it, it's, you know, it's very prominent. Yes. <laughs> and what I'm saying is that, you know, just for the man, for, you know, just let your woman know that emo- her emotions are of paramount importance to you and that you're not afraid of them and that you embrace her crying or laughing or anything that she needs to do during sex and that you're fine with it. You don't have to do anything. It's really a compliment to you that she's crying, that she's that dropping so into her emotions that she's able to release like that. Because if you look at sexuality as healing, it's not just about physical orgasm. It's about whatever emotional healing that also comes up as part of sexuality. And from a woman's perspective, it's so beautiful to make love and cry. It's such a beautiful release, you know, or laugh. So it's a very natural thing. So just so men know, they don't have to do anything, and they don't have to do anything, and there's nothing wrong. It's right. right. And you use the word embrace, and you can actually embrace her physically while she's expressing this emotion. I mean, that's, you know, that can be helpful, too, not just embracing her emotions sort of um, metaphorically, but physically holding her. And yes. um, just so people know, men know especially, that when somebody cries during lovemaking or when they laugh, it doesn't necessarily have to have a subject. It, doesn't, it can be just pure release of emotion. It doesn't have to have a, a topic that she's crying about. Does it? That's absolutely true. It's just release. Correct. It's just a woman or man dropping into his or her emotions, fully surrendering to it, not putting a cap on it. And personally, I think that's really amazing. And as it a psychiatrist, is. it's so healthy. You know, I say it's very, very healthy, and it's part of passion. You know, the other night, I, I, as I told you, I was crying about something, and, and my partner and I weren't making love. I just woke up in the middle of the night overwhelmed, and I started crying for 15 minutes and he he told me he goes in man time that's a long time crying for 15 minutes but share what you told me that that he did in response to your crying oh he heard me he woke up he says are you crying and i said yes and he said nothing else but then he just wrapped his legs around me and held me as i I cried i think that is so beautifully perfect yeah it was for me (laughs) i can point is man you don't have to say anything just do an embrace just make an embrace, a physical embrace. A woman likes to feel contained and held and, you know, the, the safety of your masculine energy. You know, it's very beautiful to, to feel that and surrender to that. You know, but if you're afraid of crying, that makes a woman afraid and it makes a woman question herself. Yes, good point. So don't be afraid of your woman's crying. It's beautiful and natural. Just try and adjust to it and embrace it and realize you haven't done anything wrong and there's nothing, quote, to do other than embrace. Exactly. Nothing to do or fix. No. So um, this kind of brings me to want to read um, some an email I just got today from a listener 
interestingly, she was listening. She had just listened to another one of my shows on the replay, but she wrote this that seemed to be perfect for today's show. And she says, and this is just part of a long email, but she said, "Um, I was shocked when I experienced my first orgasms without contact. Moved by the connection I felt with a partner, the depth of our open-heartedness, appreciation, deep knowing, and attunement when in a very vulnerable state, a moment of surrender. It has happened now many times, and sometimes just from a hug or touch of a hand, fingers, heart to heart, during moments of deep emotional resonance. It is not easy to talk about this, as many are closed to the notion of sex as spiritual. I'm not a religious person, yet this kind of union is, I think, one of the most direct experiences of union with the universe, the spirit of oneness and interconnectedness. Her name is Allison. She says, I'm 60 years old. Oh, Allison, that's so beautiful. Isn't that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's possible. Orgasm is energy. Right, and it speaks to your surrendering to emotion as well. Yes, and surrendering to your beautiful heart. You know, surrendering to the love in your heart as you connect with your partner. The more you can let go of that and let go of fear, the more ecstasy you'll feel. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, letting go of the fear. I think that's still the biggest rub for most people, the fear of being out of control. Um, You've given us a couple of um, suggestions, the baby steps we can begin to take. Is there anything else that comes up as ways that we can begin to let go of that fear within ourselves or with another person? Yes, talking to your partner about it. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid you're going to leave me. I'm afraid you're not going to tell me the truth. And I'm afraid, um, I don't know, whatever your fears are, but to know your fear and to begin to talk it out. And the more you know somebody and the more you can trust somebody, then, you know, the trust level will develop and the fear can lessen. But sometimes it really does take time and the person has to prove themselves, you know, in terms of, you know, will they show up for you? Right. Are they there 100%, you know, to be with you? Do they want to be with you? Are they available? You know, there's a section in the Ecstasy of Surrender on soulmates. And soulmate, if, you know, versus other kinds of relationships. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, you know, because not all people are destined to have soulmates, and that's fine because that isn't part of their spiritual growth. You know, I don't think it's necessarily better to have a soulmate or not. I think it's way overblown in our culture. It is. But what is your definition? When you say soulmate, what are you referring to? Because it it differs for different people. A soulmate are two people who are there to support each other's souls and in a romantic way, Mm -hmm. you know, through intimacy. And support is key there. If somebody is abusing you, if someone is an alcoholic, if someone is putting you down, that's not your soulmate. It, it, the soulmate is support. It's mutual support where you do the best you can through your devotion to one another to support each other's growth. Through, you know, through a short period of time together, a long period of time together, I think you can have you know, different soulmates in a lifetime I don't think there's just one. So it, it just depends on, you know, what you're meant to do to, with this person. So it could be a variety of lengths of time. And some soulmates last a lifetime. 
But there is, with a soulmate, I have to say, there is a certain click and a certain depth of connection. Like you've met a member of your family again that you've lost and you've refound mm-hmm. them. Yes. Uh, there's a, a refinding. There's a coming home. There's a, a comfort with this person, like you've been missing them your whole life and suddenly they're here. There is that, I've got to say. There is that. Yeah. But regardless of whether your partner is a soulmate or you've come together for whatever other purposes in life, it's always going to be, if you're in a long-term relationship, it's always a growth relationship. Yeah. Or it's always, it's always, there's always the potential, I should say, for growth and for healing. And we're usually drawn to somebody where we can help uh, mutually heal in some way. And I wanted to underscore something that you said a little bit ago, and that was you used the word trust. Because ultimately, isn't trust the foundation of surrender or the foundation of ecstasy, both trusting and being trustworthy? Oh, absolutely. Then you could feel comfortable to let go. Yes, and I think that, you know, trust is... Um, a big challenge for people because trust does mean, I mean, it's kind of a loop because trust does imply being willing to let go of control. <laughs> it so, does, uh, it does like but trust has to be earned. And a lot of times if you feel this electric, you know, connection with somebody instantly and lightning strikes, you know, it, people, many of my patients misconstrue that as, oh, I can trust them. And that instant lightning striking connection isn't necessarily a soulmate and it isn't necessarily trustworthy. Absolutely right. I agree with you. 100%. It may be. You know, it may prove to be. But you can't just, just because everything is going off in you and you're feeling this instant attraction to someone, you know, just wait a little bit. Back to what, what you what said in the beginning. Explore yeah. that energy instead of assuming Ex- what it is. Right. And again, taking those da- baby steps. Yeah. Um, baby steps uh, to sur- surrender to the experience, but to in terms of surrendering or trusting another person, baby steps. Yes. Until and you learn more about each other. To the wrong people. And part of, in the chapter on soulmates that I, I've written, I, I write what stops us from finding our soulmate in different patterns. And one of those patterns is, you know, as I said in myself, being attracted to unavailable men and always somehow wanting to change them or think they would be available through love or through contact, you know, that dead-end pattern. So right. part of finding a soulmate means being willing to let go of what's stopping you and what patterns are stopping you. You know, or do you have a section on do you confuse lust with love? Well, to learn more about that, I recommend that you get The Ecstasy of Surrender, 12 Surprising Ways Letting Go Can Empower Your Life by Judith Orloff, MD. And Judith, uh, this is being released, is that on April 1st, 2014? Yes, in a couple of days. Okay, well, we're going to have to sign... pre-order on Amazon now. Oh, a pre-order on Amazon.com. Excellent. And if you want to learn more about Judith Orloff, go to JudithOrloff.com or Ecstatica.com slash show. Judith Orloff, I want to thank you so much for being here today. This has been just delicious and the ecstasy of blending sex and spirit. I'm so glad you um, really delved into that. And so I wish everyone here um, a wonderful journey into ecstasy. And thank you again, Dr. Orloff. Oh, it's my pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
We hope you've learned from and enjoyed the show today. Join us again for another stimulating hour of Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life with your host, Ellen Etoff, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, enjoy the best sex of your life. <laughs>